How's everybody doing? <laughs> good, good. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys uh, for being here this morning. Um, so we're doing something a little bit different today, and if you're new, this is great because um, you're going to get a lot of information about our church. We typically go through whole books of the Bible. We just wrapped up Second Timothy, and um, next week we're going to be starting the book of Ecclesiastes, um, which will be fun. Yeah, get you guys super sad for a couple of months before Christmas, so um, <laughs> be work, <laughs> working on that. Um, but that's going to be fun. I've never taught that book before. I'm looking forward to it. I've been reading through it and studying it and kind of breaking it down, and I think it's going to be really neat. It's going to be really interesting. But what we do a couple of times a year, uh, we take a break from going through whole books of the Bible, and we do two different kinds of services. We do baptism services, which we'll have coming up here in a couple of weeks, and then we do vision services. And the reason why we do this, it's actually a biblical thing, is the church is supposed to have a clear vision, a clear direction. And so we go over this church's direction and what we think God expects out of us. And then we kind of look and see, you know, are we doing a good job with this? Today, I'm going to show you our finances. I won't bore you with that. It'll just be a couple of slides. And the reason why we do that is we want to be held accountable. You guys give your hard-earned money to this church. We want to show you where that's going and to, just to reassure you that we're doing good things with that. And I'm really excited about this particular vision service because there's a lot of really cool stuff that's coming up in about the next six months that I'm super excited about. Don't read that yet in your things, or it'll, it'll spoil it. <laughs> Steal my thunder there. So I do want to encourage you, though, keep that notes handout. If you use a Bible, like a physical copy of the Bible, and not just your phone or something like that, maybe stick it in the back or leave it somewhere where you'll remember it. And the reason I'm telling you to keep that note sheet that you got when you walked in is we do want to be held accountable. So if... By the, by the time we do the next vision service, if we haven't started at least working on some of the things that I'm gonna tell you about, if we haven't been clear with you, if we haven't shown you how we're moving forward, you can hold us accountable. Look, Corey, back in September, you said you were gonna do these things and the church was moving this direction. So we wanna be held accountable, okay? That's why we do these vision services and to bring clarity and just show you where we're going and kind of invite you to come along a little bit. So you should have got a notes handout when you walked in. It has everything that we're gonna talk about today on it. Please hold on to that. Everything will be on the screens. If you have your smartphone, if you click on the Experience Community app and click on Service Times and Sermon Notes, all of it will be there as well. And um, you don't need your Bibles today. Next week we'll be in Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament and um, we'll get back into kind of doing what we do and going through uh, chapter by chapter, line by line of a book of the Bible, okay? So I'm gonna pray. We'll work through this. Hopefully you'll get some clarity, kind of figure out what your next step here at the church is. And again, if you're new, this is perfect. This is really, really good, uh, good timing for you guys. So we'll jump in and see where God takes us, okay? All right, Lord Jesus, we love you. <clears throat> Just wanna tell you thank you, Lord. I love this church so much, God. Love, love, love this congregation. Lord, I pray that you just keep your hand on me as I do my best to share what I believe is your vision, God, for this church. And um, pray that you keep your hand on our church. Father, we also pray that you keep your hand on every church in our community. God, that you bless every church in, in Rutherford County and beyond, and that you would help them grow and expand and advance your kingdom. Lord, we pray for all the great nonprofits that we work with, especially Amelia's Closet that we're working with this month, God, that you bless them and provide for them, and they continue to do amazing things, Lord, in this city. Father, we love you. We lift you up, and we praise you, and we pray all these things in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, why is it important that we do these vision services twice a year? This is biblical. Um, actually, in the book of Proverbs, it says this, without vision or without revelation, without direction, people run wild. 
Some translations actually say people die. So vision, direction, moving into a certain path is very, very important. And so what the Bible also says, if we can just learn God's path, God's will, God's direction and follow that, we'll be happy. So that's what we're trying to do here, is we're trying to do the vision of God, have our own unique vision statement for our church and try to work towards those goals. Now let me clarify something with this church and quite frankly with all churches, is we are not perfect. We will make mistakes. I am not perfect, my team is not perfect, our congregation isn't perfect, we're imperfect. But we are sharing a perfect message written by a perfect God. So even though we are imperfect, because we're communicating a perfect message from a perfect God, if we can lean on God's grace, if we can follow God's will, be full of his Holy Spirit, even though we are imperfect and we're gonna make mistakes sometimes, we can achieve what God wants us to achieve and we can do amazing things in our city. We can see things in our family happen, marriages be restored, the homeless being, being uh, uh, led and, and discipled and ministered to, we can see the hungry be fed, we can see lots of fantastic stuff happen if we'll just be listening to God. Now the vision that God gave this church, this church in particular, the Experience Community Church, is very, very simple and I just plagiarized the Bible. It's the only book that it's okay to plagiarize, okay? And this, this, is, what, this is the vision for this church to lead people to Christ through authentic worship, what we're doing now, authentic community, small groups, and authentic community service, serving our community, that's it. That is what God has called this church to do. Very, very simple. So we have kind of our target, if you will, what we wanna be doing, and now we have to go into the word of God for God to show us how to do that. We need to know what God's expectations for us what they are, okay? The first expectation is that we're to follow God's vision statement. Now, God gave a vision statement to his church, his people, right? If, if you read the, the end of the book of Matthew in chapter 28, Jesus is ascending into heaven. He looks at his followers, his disciples, and he says, this is what I want you to do. Three things. I want you to disciple people, to baptize people, and to teach them everything that I've taught you. Now that is exceptionally simple. It's just three things, easy to remember. But because we're imperfect, it takes this entire book to show us how to do that. This entire book shows us how to do these three extremely simple principles. So we lean on that and that's okay. So one of the ways we accomplish what Jesus wanted us to accomplish is we create a house of worship, right? What we're doing right now, a place for us to come together, and that is a biblical thing. It is biblical for us to gather like we are doing right now. So whenever I hear a quote-unquote Christian say, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian, I don't need to go to church, that is not biblically supported. Not biblically supported. You cannot find anywhere in the Bible where it says, follow God, but don't go to a weekly gathering of people that follow God. In fact, I can show you a lot of scripture that allude to the other thing. Not allude, blatantly say it. So where the church was started in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, all the way till the end of the Bible, it tells us to do what we're doing right now. The Bible even tells us what to do when we get together. When we get together, we're to worship in song. The Bible has a lot of songs in it. The biggest book of the Bible is a collection of songs. That we are to get together and worship. We're to hear the Bible be taught. That's why I teach the way I do through whole books of the Bible. 
We're to take communion to remember the cross. I'm gonna talk about that a lot today. And we're called to pray with each other. That is what the weekend service should look like, these elements. Worship, biblical teaching, taking communion, and praying together. That's it. That's what the weekend service is supposed to look like. We're also supposed to be growing together. So by doing those four things, we should learn how to live holy. We should learn how to live righteous. We should be spiritually disciplined. What that means is sometimes we're gonna be studying the Bible and you're gonna come across something that tells you that you're living wrong and it stings sometimes, right? But in studying the Bible, we can read that and go, that's not what God wants for me. I need to change, spiritual discipline. And then of course, we end every single service with communion, which reminds us to repent for our sins and focus on the cross. But I'm gonna get to that a little bit later. Another expectation of the church is community that we are to be communal. God is communal. God is a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Within God, you have perfect community. Now, we are made in the image of God, which means we are made to be communal. We're not meant to do this whole thing alone. And so just like this, this big corporate setting, this is biblical, small groups are also biblical. All through the book of Acts, It says they would meet in the synagogues on the weekends, and then all throughout the week they would meet in each other's homes, right? Small groups, it doesn't have to be in a home. It can be in a coffee shop, it can be here on the the church grounds, but the point was that they met together. They had community together. Guys, we have almost 100 small groups in this church, and we're growing a lot more. We add dozens of them every single year. We have groups on campus, we have groups in homes, we have men's groups, women's groups, Women's groups spread like wildfire. All you have to do is whisper, women's group, and 12 start, right? That's just, that's just how women do stuff. We have marriage groups. Evident, which is uh, uh, young adults. We have Eon for middle schoolers. We have Encounter for high schoolers. We have Emerge for kids that have special needs. We have Echo for elementary age. We have Celebrate Recovery for people who struggle with addictions or any kind of hangups in their lives. These groups are vitally important. Here's why, and I am not trying to sound insensitive or in any way arrogant when I say this. Listen, you don't come to church to get to know me. You come to church to get to know Jesus. And so whenever people say, well, my pastor doesn't hang out with me all the time. You're not here to hang out with me. You're here to get to know Christ more and to build a small community around you because logistically, I cannot keep track of all of you. It's impossible. There's 4,500 people that come to this church. And so recently someone said that they had left this church and they they said this, they put it online, Corey never called me personally. So I'm not trying to be insensitive to that, but I asked, are they in a small group? Do they serve in our church? Well, no, they don't do either one. I, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Logistically, I cannot call every single person that comes and goes here. I do my best to get to know people and be accessible, but that's why we have small groups. That's why we have communities that surround people. We also do discipleship. Now, what does that mean? We hear that word a lot in church, but what does that mean? That means that we're maturing and we're growing in Jesus Christ, and we're doing it together. Now, this is how we do this at this church, if you can see that on your screens. Very, very simple. Here's what we hope you guys will do, and I'll explain this a little bit more here in a second. We hope that you will come to a weekend service, which is what you're doing right now, From the weekend service, we hope that you will come to a next class, 
second Monday of every month. We give you a tour. I tell you about me. We tell you about the church a little bit more in detail. That's when I do get to hug you or high five you or, or get to know you a little bit more. And I really enjoy that. Then we hope to move you from the next class into this circle. Either that's one of our development classes, which I'm gonna show you, or that's getting you into a small group, or that's getting you serving. This is all our church does, this is it. We're a very simple church. This is all we do, and we hope to just work you through this process. Now listen, even if you've been to some development classes at this church before, we wanna encourage you to think about doing it again. We've completely revamped our development classes. We have one coming up on the 24th called Following Jesus. Isaac wrote the majority of that curriculum. It's really good. It's only seven weeks long. It's the fundamentals of the faith, things like baptism and the Holy Spirit and the Trinity and, and just different kind of fundamentals of our faith. And then we also have, if that's kind of a 101 class, our 201 class is authentic discipleship. It's nine weeks. And it's not just the fundamentals of the faith. We teach you how to go out and make disciples of Jesus Christ so those people can go out and make disciples of Jesus Christ. So here's how you can sign up for that. You can sign up right now on the app. You can sign up online or you can actually go in the back corner of the room and you can sign up today. I really, really encourage you guys to go through that process. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for the people around you. It'll equip you and you'll grow. You'll be discipled. We also have a lot more ways. We have Financial Peace University that we offer several times a year. We have divorce care. We have grief share if you've lost a loved one. We have some special small groups for people that struggle with strong sexual addictions. And we keep those anonymous and we keep those very discreet. But if you send an email to lifegroups@experiencecc.com, we can connect you with those groups. The main point is, is we can't sit still. We're to constantly be evolving, growing, knowing more about Christ, sharpening ourselves. The Bible says like iron sharpens iron. That's what we're supposed to be doing, okay? So the point is to constantly be growing. We're also to be a house of prayer. This is a place where we're supposed to pray. Without prayer, we're lost. Without prayer, we're going to be anxious. Without prayer, we're not gonna know the will of God. Without prayer, we're gonna be weak in spirit. So we're called to pray together. That's why we pray several times throughout the service. That's why at the end of service, we have men and women who are up here to pray with you if you want prayer for anything. We're also called to have the leaders of the church pray for us. Jesus even talks about that, and so does James, to have the elders of the church pray for the sick and pray for people that need things. That's why we have people up at the front to pray with you. So we're to pray together, and we're to pray individually, right? We're to have a prayer life. We also, at this church, we take the Lord's Supper, which is communion. Now, this church has been doing so much better about this recently, and, and I'm not gonna hound you about this, but I just wanna be communicative about communion. Communion is a big deal. Jesus himself even said, take this every time you gather in remembrance of me. Now, what this is, all around the room where there's lamps on tables, you have the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, the bread and the wine. Now, everyone doesn't need to take that, what I'm saying is if you are not a believer or if you're living in sin and you don't feel the need to repent for that, you don't need to take communion. Because the Bible says if you take communion and you're not sorry for your sin, that you're taking it as condemnation unto yourself. You don't wanna do that. But here's the thing about communion. We need to respect this time. If you don't want to take communion, that is perfectly fine. We're not gonna judge you. We know that you may have things to do or that you're just not ready to, and that's okay. But if you're not going to take it, please exit quietly. 
please walk out to the foyer and talk or go outside and talk or go out in this foyer because the people that do wanna take communion in here, it's a very, very sacred time for them. And what communion does is it gives us time to reflect. It, it, what communion does, every single service we have at this church, even if it's vision service, it ends with the cross. It ends with grace. It ends with repentance and forgiveness. And those are big deals. That's a big deal. So the way you can respect communion if you are taking it is make sure that you have addressed the sin in your heart. Ask God to forgive you of that, okay? Very, very important. Another thing that God expects out of his church is community service. Jesus came to serve. I love this scripture in Matthew. It says the son of man, Jesus, didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came as a servant. And we are to model Jesus Christ. So one of the things we do at this church is we make it as easy as possible for you to attend and to serve. So we have services back to back. So I know you guys are busy. I know you have a lot going on, but if you're super busy, you can come to the nine o'clock service and you can serve at the 11. Or you can you know, switch it up. You can serve at the nine and then come to the 11 or whatever the case may be. You can make it convenient for you and kind of knock it all out in one, one day, one four hour block. Now where we really need a lot of people serving right now is we need help in Emerge. That is our special needs ministry. And that's a one-on-one -on -one ministry, which means we can only serve a child with special needs if we have one volunteer to be with that child. So right now we serve about 50 families and we wanna extend that to 100 families. So that means we need 50 more volunteers, okay? We need help with Echo, that's elementary age. We have 1,300 elementary age children at this church. I've taught Song of Solomon twice, totally worked, guys. We have lots of kids at this church. <laughs> we always need help in the nursery, and we also need help with parking. I've seen a lot of salvations lost in our parking lot, so. <laughs> Roll down their window, soul just, just seeps right out, it's gone. <laughs> if you, <laughs> there's conviction right now in this room, isn't there? So if you wanna help on our parking team, we always need help with these things. Again, I know you guys are busy, life is busy, but we have to serve, and here's why we have to serve. If we don't step up and serve, some people are not gonna hear the gospel. So the reason why we need childcare, the reason why we need to merge, the reason why we need parking, all these things is it sets other people up to be able to hear the word of God. They need to hear it, and so we need to step up. We also do a lot of work with nonprofits. If you go back to the back corner, that missions wall, we have not every nonprofit we work with, but a majority of them, there's pamphlets for them. If you email Travis at travis at experiencecc.com, he can hook you up with a bunch of different nonprofits outside of our church. Inside of our church, we have a, 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 an organization or a group called 5,000 that right now as we're speaking, they're feeding about 150 homeless people in the park. We have bar ministry that meets every single Friday night on the square and they give out hot dogs to people coming out of the bars to sober them up before they drive home. And then we also have Reclaim, which is a group of about 50 people from this church that go to the jail and they do Bible studies and they minister to people in prison. If you want any more information for that, Travis at experiencecc.com or go visit the missions wall and we can take care of you and get you plugged in. Little side note, when it comes to community service, the Bible says we're to help those in the family of God first. And so if there's needs within our church, we help them 
first. And then the Bible says, as we have resources, we go outside, which we do a pretty good job of going outside of our church. But first and foremost, we wanna help people within our church. We're also expected to share the truth. Guys, the most important thing we can do is tell people about Jesus Christ. All the stuff that we do at this church, feeding the homeless, helping people come out of bars, helping the local schools, all the different things we do here is secondary to telling people who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ in Mark chapter two did a very good job of describing this. Jesus walks up and there's a paralyzed man laying there on the ground and everyone's waiting for Jesus to do a magic trick, right? They wanna see something miraculous happen. So Jesus walks up to this paralyzed man and he says, your sins are forgiven. He saved him, your sins are forgiven. And how does the crowd respond? What the heck, we wanted, to see, we wanted to see a trick, right? We wanted to see him get up and walk. And Jesus's response to the crowd is, what is more important, his soul or his body? Obviously his soul, right? So first and foremost, Jesus comes to save our souls. But Jesus, because he's Jesus, says, hey man, why don't you get up and walk too, right? And he got up and walked away. So here's the thing. Good deeds may open the door for us, but if we are not communicating Jesus Christ to people, we are loving people straight to hell. We have got to communicate the gospel. We've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. We do that pretty well in Murfreesboro, I believe. We do it pretty well in Woodbury, where our second campus is. Josh has been averaging over 400 people in Woodbury. Listen, there's only 2,000 in the whole town. So a quarter of the, the city goes to, to Brooker's Church. He's doing a great job. When we have our worship night there in a couple of weeks, we will literally have more people on the square that live in Woodbury. So we will have a ton of people out there, it's fantastic. So we're doing a good job around here, we're doing a good job in Cannon County. We're also reaching outside of our state. We work with churches in Salem, Massachusetts, Manchester, New Hampshire, Albany, New York, and Burlington, Vermont. We send them money every year and we send teams up, them, up there to help them with their development and strategy and things like that. We also do a lot of global missions. A lot of that information is back in the back. We work with an organization called Mentor Leaders. Their office is in our church, and we're announcing a lot of trips we're doing in 2020, uh, trips to Haiti, trips to Colombia, trips to uh, Togo, Africa, Uganda, Africa, all kinds of different places that you guys can get involved, and you can go do foreign missions as well. So let me tell you about our team that works here. Because we're trying to communicate all this stuff to you, we have come up with what we call a rally cry, which means all the people that work here, we all have one huge overarching focus from now until the end of the year. And our goal is to make our processes or our steps more clear. So until the end of this year, we're gonna do everything we can to communicate to you how to get from wherever you're at right now to the next step. So from this, to a next class, from a next class to, to either a development class or a small group or serving. And then when you're in those environments, how to get to the next place. Now, how are we gonna do that? We'll do that through the app, which you should download the app, it's great. Through the website, through the Facebook, through the Instagram, through email, and we're gonna do it through announcements. Now listen, I'm not trying to be salty here, but whenever people come up to me and they're like, well, I didn't know you guys were doing that. I didn't know you guys were doing that. Well, we've been announcing it for a month. So here's the thing, if you, if you come in 30 minutes late, you're not gonna hear the announcements. So when someone says, where do we tithe? I'm like, well, we announce it every service. Well, I didn't hear it. 
It's because you're 30 minutes late. That's why you didn't hear it. And, and so you gotta work with me on this, guys. We send out notifications on the app. We update the website. We send out emails, but that means you have to check your inbox. You have to download the app. You have to show up on time to hear the announcements. So meet us halfway on this, and we're gonna do everything we can to communicate with you guys better. Okay, here's the fun stuff. For the next six months, here's some things that we are working on. The first one is this. Our special needs ministry, Emerge, is uh, we hired Sarah Matheny not that long ago. She has uh, blown up that ministry. They're working with about 50 families right now, and she's maxed out. So what we've done is we've hired a second young lady, Cassidy, to come on board full-time. She's gonna also be working with Emerge. So now instead of just ministering to 50 families, we can expand that to 100 families. So that's 100 families that have kids with special needs that we can minister to and they can feel just as special and good as any, any kid back here and be included and be involved and get a little extra care. We're also gonna expand that into an adult Emerge ministry pretty soon, sometime next year, to where we have a service for adults with special needs as well. That's cool. Um, we have been talking a lot with our city about some more public art pieces. And uh, again, it's not set in stone yet, but I have a meeting Tuesday with the city. If you know where the roundabout is, where Lytle and College, uh, there's just a big piece of grass right there in the roundabout. The city has approached us about us building some kind of huge art piece that will be there for several decades in that uh, roundabout. They want our church to do that. They're also talking about our church doing some public murals. We have been in Holloway High School. We're working on, I think, Blackman and Oakland High School to get in and do some artwork in there, into the bathroom, some positive, encouraging stuff, so that's pretty neat. Um, at the beginning of the year, we're gonna be hiring someone to do pastoral care here. Uh, they're gonna be focusing more on hospital visits, Families with newborns, prayer requests, they're gonna be working with prayer as well, and they're gonna dedicate all their time uh, to pastoral care so we can do a better job with that. Um, a couple of months ago, our staff graded ourselves on how we do in different departments. The only thing we gave ourselves an F in, we got a couple of Ds too, but the only thing we gave ourselves an F in was ministry to the elderly. So we worked really, really hard to get the word out. This month, September, we are launching 10 small groups for 50 and plus. Okay, so we're doing that this month. We're also starting ministry opportunities in nursing homes. It's gonna take us a little bit of time, but we're working towards that. So for elderly that cannot make it to the service, we're gonna go try to take services to them. Um, sometime next year, we hope to start an Arabic small group, and hopefully this will eventually grow into an Arabic church service. I think that's very, very cool, and so we're working towards that. Uh, for you hippies in the room, we've been talking to an organization, I'm one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we have been talking to an organization in Pennsylvania for four or five months now. Uh, we're planning on putting solar panels on the roof and going to about 50% solar power here at the church, which is kind of neat. We like planet Earth around here, so uh, we're trying to take steps to preserve her. Um, sorry. Couple more cool things that we're doing. Um, we have finally got confirmation. We have a building for our College Grove Eagleville campus that Dave is launching, which is neat. That is in the College Grove Community Center, which is right on the line of Eagleville and College Grove. It's beautiful. Uh, Williamson County is very, very excited to work with us and we're very excited to work with them. So Dave will be soft launching that in November and we'll do a hard launch in January and we'll launch that campus and finally, finally get Dave out of here. So that's, that's a good thing, right? 
Um, another fun thing is Joshua Jamerson is starting a church called Crossland that we're gonna help him launch. And uh, he has found a place in Antioch, right across the street from Antioch Middle School, in a community center there, and he'll be launching Crossland Church in March of next year. So two new church plants uh, pretty soon. That's cool. On the far side this way, not this wall, but one wall past the chapel, we have 10,000 square foot over there. We've already started building it out. I think we have the electrical. We're getting the HVAC in there. We're gonna build that out, and that'll give us another 10,000 square foot here in the building, which is really, really good. And then the last thing is Ishmael, who did announcements today. I think he did announcements today. Uh, he has been doing Evident for a couple of weeks. They've already got over 100 students in there from MTSU in Motlow, so that's going really, really well. Evident has taken off, and so if you know any young adults, please send them there on Thursdays. He's doing a fantastic job with that, okay? All right. Everyone take this picture in for a second. This is a good picture. It's Micah. His wife works here, and he wears uh, American flag swimming trunks when he teaches your middle schoolers. So uh, I use this picture because I'm hoping we can use some of our finances to buy him some, some legitimate shorts. So... Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about our finances. We had budgeted out for this year $3.9 million because that's how much you guys gave in 2018. So what it looks like is going to happen if giving continues the way it does is we will actually bring in $4.6 million, which is fantastic, guys. That is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Now, I show you this because, again, we want to be held accountable. I'm going to show you where every single dollar of that goes. So about $1.5 million goes towards administration. That's not just staff that works here, which by the way, I think we have 30 full-time and about 15 part-time that work here at the church. So that includes all those salaries. That includes us paying the sheriff's department to have a couple of guys from the sheriff's department here on the weekends just to make sure everyone's safe. That goes towards our child care. So if you're in a small group that's here during the week, we pay those young ladies in child care. That goes towards our maintenance team. That also covers our payroll taxes and outside CPA to audit us to make sure that we're doing everything okay. And that also includes all of our health benefits. So usually a church pays about 50% just to payroll. We're at 38.5%. And that includes all that stuff that you just mentioned there. Just, I'm not trying to sound like I'm crying the blues, but if you average that out, it's about $32,000 an employee. So no one's getting rich here. I just want you guys to know that. Our mortgage is $44,000 a month. So if you ever complain about your mortgage, $44,000 a month. What we have done this year, we bought this church a year ago with the intent to pay it off in five years. What we have done is instead of paying 44,000, we pay our mortgage and then we put an extra 50,000 on the principal every month. So what that's going to do, yeah, (laughs) writing that check is not easy. Um, But what that's going to do for us is we should have this building paid off two years from today. Now let me, yeah, so in three years we will have paid it off. Now here's here's why that is important, guys. We already give 20% of our income away. When we pay this building off, we will have an extra $90,000 a month to pour back into our community. That's pretty amazing. The things we can do for schools, the things that we can do for other churches, the things that we can do for the homeless and for the prisons, and it's just amazing what we're gonna be able to do. Ministry expenses, that's stuff like when we need divider walls for Echo, when we need curriculum, printing, all that kinds of stuff, that's where that is. Operating costs, again, is like uh, administrative stuff that we have to do and, and um, uh, utilities and all the boring stuff. Capital projects, that's building out, which I don't even know if we have that much left, 80000 uh, on this other side to finish that out. Uh, 
Uh, our savings account is whatever is above our budget, goes right into our savings. Our Woodbury campus is, is we, we completely paid that off right when we started it. So there's no debt out there, but all the expenses there for a campus of 400 people is only $167,000 a year. It's very, very cheap. We do that. That does not include their salaries. And then we have $60,000 set aside to launch our College Grove Eagleville campus. So financially, you guys are absolutely amazing. You guys have done a great job. Now, let me tell you about giving here. I don't know who gives. I don't want to know who gives. If you come up to me and you're like, Corey, I tithe. I don't want to hear that. I, don't, I, I just don't want to know. I don't want to treat people differently. I don't want to look at you differently. So I decide to be completely ignorant on who gives and who doesn't give. I just don't want to know. Here's the thing about giving, though. I believe in giving to the church. We have always tithed, my wife and I, since we've been saved. And God has blessed us immensely because we've just always trusted the Lord with our finances. Now, some people argue, are, do we have to give 10% or, or what does the New Testament say? Here's the thing. Regardless if you think you have to give exactly 10% or not, it's impossible for one to argue that we shouldn't give financially. If we don't give financially, we can't bless local schools. We can't feed the homeless. We can't send people all over the world to spread the gospel. We can't do a lot of the stuff that we need to do. So I just want you to pray about your financial commitment. And this is the last thing I'll say. If you give 10% of your income, I guarantee you, if you trust God with that 10%, you will live better on that 90 than you could ever live on 100% with you handling all of your money. God will bless you and take care of you. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. So how are we doing? You guys are doing absolutely phenomenal. The church has grown 43% since this time last year. We've baptized so far this year 136, which is down from last year, but we have become a lot more um, rigorous about, this sounds weird, the quality of our baptisms. So if someone walks up and they're like, I've been baptized 12 times, we're like, you just need to repent. You don't need to get back into the water, right? You're good. You've... Um, and so we're just making sure that, that people are getting baptized for the right reasons. We're no longer doing it at worship nights because we don't want it to just simply be emotion. We want you to know what you're doing. So we'll still baptize another 120 this year. So we'll have 250 baptisms. That's a good thing. Listen, participation in small groups of everyone over the age of 12 is half of this church. That's like four, uh, it's, uh, 2,200 people at this church that are involved in community. That is absolutely staggering. That is wonderful. That's good. Look at this. Participa participation in serving is 41% at this church. That's amazing. Usually it's the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the congregation does 100% of the work. You guys, it's 41% of you are serving. That is absolutely amazing. And our giving is 36%. That is, the, I think the national average is about 10% of, of, of a given church, 10% of the church actually gives to the church. We're almost quadruple that. You guys are doing an absolutely phenomenal job. Our congregation is amazing. Now, here's the only thing that worries me about that. I don't want us to ever get arrogant, and I don't want us to grow complacent. Once we pay this building off, that doesn't mean that we just stop. That means that we can do even more with the resources that we have to bless the community around us. We don't need to be content with 50%. That's, that's, that's not okay. Listen, here's the other side of this. Only 30% of Rutherford County goes to church. If you get a 30% on a test, that's an F. So whenever we think we're just knocking it out of the park, man, we got so many churches, and, but only 30% of Rutherford County goes to church. We have a lot of work to do. 
and we don't wanna be the norm. We don't wanna just come here and consume. We wanna give back to our community. We wanna give back to our city. We wanna make sure that we're doing everything that the Lord wants us to do, okay? Now, after saying all this, I'll be the first one to tell you it's not easy. It's not easy. Being a Christian is not easy. Having strong relationships with each other, having a strong personal relationship with God, changing the city, changing the culture, changing the schools, changing MTSU, these are huge mountains. But guys, we can achieve amazing things if we will just be full of God's spirit and lean on God's grace. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna take a lot of work, it's gonna take a lot of dedication, but this church can do amazing things in Rutherford County, in this country, in this world. We can do amazing things, but here's what we're gonna have to do to do amazing things, okay? Here's the list. The first thing is we have to make coming to church a priority. I'm not gonna hammer you guys on this, but I'm just gonna tell you a fact. This church does not dip in attendance at any time during the year except for football season. I'm I'm dead serious, that's a fact. This church grows in the summer. No church grows in the summer, this one does. Our numbers get bigger during the summer and they continue to grow. The only time we dip down is football season. Listen, I'm being dead serious. I'm not trying to grind an ax on football. Here's the beauty of this church though. We have services on Saturday and Sunday. So unless your favorite team plays 24 hours straight, (laughs) you can make it, right? So if you're a big college football fan, come on Sunday. If you're a big NFL fan, come on Saturday. It's pretty easy and it's pretty convenient. It has to be a priority. Not just coming to church. Guys, you need to get this book. Get a translation that that speaks to you and that you can understand. If you're not a reader, which you can learn to be a reader, but if you're not a reader, get the YouVersion app or get the Bible on disc or something like that and listen to it in your car on your way to work. Take the time to get this word into you even just a couple of chapters a day. Start in the book of Matthew, read a little bit. You need the word of God. Not only do you need to read it, you need to apply it to your life. Do what it tells you to do. We need to be praying. We need to be praying together and we need to be praying individually. So not only do we need to be praying when we gather like this, listen, praying once a week is not enough for you. It's not enough just to come in here and let's pray together. You need to be praying in your home. You'd be praying for your marriage, your kids, your friends, your family, your neighborhood, your school, whatever it is, you need to be praying. Guys, God does amazing stuff when we pray. We need to pray together and individually. We also need to be growing. Well, Corey, I've been a Christian for 50 years. There's still breath in your lungs. God's not done. There's still more for you to do. We have to be constantly discipling, constantly being discipled. We should be pulling someone up and someone should be pulling us up. Constantly growing, maturing, developing. You need community. I talked about this, I think it was last week or the week before. Without community, it is lonely. Even though there's thousands and thousands of people at this church, you need to have your little group. Even Jesus had a small group. He had his 12 that he hung out with and they they did life together. We need community. You have to have community. We also need to be serving and giving. Serve, consider giving, pray about that. Trust God with that. I give you my word, he'll bless you. And he'll bless you for serving. You know who really gets blessed when we serve us? 
We get a lot out of this. It feels good to serve other people and to serve the kingdom of God. And we have to tell people about Jesus. This world is dying. Spiritually, emotionally, they are dying. And we have to tell people about Jesus Christ. Now, this is my last slide. And I prayed about this a lot this week. God, how do you want me to end this? What do you want me to say to your church? This is what I feel like God gave me. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize anything. Listen, I don't wanna guilt you into giving. I don't wanna guilt you into serving. I don't wanna guilt you into going to our classes. I don't wanna guilt you into coming to church on the weekend. That's not what I wanna do. I don't wanna guilt you or be so sarcastic to where you guys are like, I just don't wanna hear Corey gripe anymore. I guess I'll go. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't wanna be that guy, right? Here's the thing though, and I, I want you to hear me on this. God is going to do amazing things with or without Corey Trimble. God's gonna do amazing things with or without you. But here's what's awesome about God. God says, I have overcome the world, but he looks at us and he says, why don't you help me overcome it, right? Why don't you jump on board? Why don't you join me in this mission, in this vision? Why don't you join me on seeing eternal change take place? At this church, when we baptize people, we let you baptize them. If you want someone to God, if you want your neighbor to the Lord, I don't want to, you baptize them. It is the neatest thing in the world to see a 20-year-old girl baptizing her friends, right? Or to see a wife baptizing her husband. Or to see a father baptizing his children. We get to have a hand in this eternal change and something that lasts forever. We shouldn't feel have to be guilted or have to be manipulated into doing that. God's gonna do amazing things and God says, why don't you join me? So here's the thing about this church. This church is going to continue to do amazing things because of the grace of God and because what God wants to do through this church. But I want to invite you to be a part of that. I don't wanna trick you, I don't wanna manipulate you, I don't wanna guilt you, but I wanna say we're gonna see some amazing things. I would love for you to be with me. I would love for you to be with what God is doing. I wanna invite you into this process. I love you guys. You are a phenomenal church body, but we still have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Would you bow your hands with me? Just like I said earlier, if you need prayer for anything, guys, please, there are men and women on both sides of the stage. They would love to pray with you. Even if you don't feel comfortable telling them what the prayer request is, just say, I have an unspoken request. And that's fine. They'll pray with you. They'd love to. If you are in this room and you are not a believer, you're not a Christian, or maybe you're curious, or, or maybe you just don't know where you stand. Up here on my right, your left, is Greg. He's one of our pastors. If you have any questions for Greg, please come up here and talk to Greg. Don't feel uncomfortable. No one's gonna judge you or stare at you or think anything about it. Come up here and talk to Greg. Ask him any questions you wanna ask him. If you wanna set a time to get coffee with him or, or talk, please come up here and, and take advantage of that. The last thing is there's communion all the way around you where you see a lamp on a table. Guys, this is where we remember the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. This is where we, we, we think and we meditate on how big of a deal it is that God sent his only son to die for us. Again, we ask you that if you don't take that, just please be respectful and you can go out in the foyer and talk or outside. But if you do decide to take that, also be respectful by repenting for your sin, okay? 
But your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Guys, we're gonna see some amazing stuff happen. I just want you next to me while we watch it, while we do it, while we get to see people's lives transformed. I wanna do it with all of you. Love you guys and I appreciate you more than you can possibly imagine. Lord Jesus, God, I love you. Bless my friends, bless my brothers and sisters. Lord, this is my family, God. Protect them, keep them safe, Lord. I pray that you just light a fire under us. Lord, let us see the percentage of people in our town, in our, our county that attend church. Lord, let us see that number rise. Let us be the light and the salt and the catalyst, Lord, for wonderful change in our community. God, bless my friends. Bless anyone in this room that may not be a believer, Lord, and I pray that maybe their journey starts and that they can just seek you out. And if they'll seek you, God, they'll find you. Lord, I love you and I thank you and pray all these things in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen, I love you guys so much. You're welcome to help yourself. Thank you.